Welcome to Rise Up in Business, the law podcast for small business owners. I'm your host, Tracy Mylacrane. I'm a business lawyer, an entrepreneur, and very much a realist. Rise Up in Business is designed to share with small business owners important legal information and some clever tips and tricks in short and sharp episodes, no legal jargon. With this podcast, I want to empower small business owners to rise up and take control in their business. I'll be here every Wednesday to tell you what you need to know without sending you to sleep. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rise Up in Business podcast. I'm so thrilled that you are joining me for what is episode number 31. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about digital courses and digital course terms and conditions and payment plans. More and more service providers are finding that digital courses really are a brilliant way to provide information to their audience and to provide their services to their audience in a really accessible way. And of course, we are seeing this a lot more in the past 12 to 18 months during this very crazy time that we're living in. What I find, though, is that people who either have been launching digital courses for a while or who are getting ready to launch a new digital course don't appreciate the difference between your website terms and conditions, which obviously govern the use of your website and give you all of those really important protections, and digital course terms and conditions. They are actually different And that's what I'm going to dive into today. So it's one thing to prepare content and launch runways and a whole ton of other things when we're thinking about launching our digital courses or relaunching our digital courses. But it is vital to have bulletproof terms and conditions and clarity around what you're providing and in particular, your payment options. And this becomes super important when we're offering payment plans. So I'm going to dive into that today. So first of all, why are terms and conditions for a digital course necessary and different from your website terms and conditions? People say, well, I've got my website terms and conditions. Isn't that all just the same thing? Aren't I covered? And the answer is no, you're not. When you're talking digital course terms and conditions, you're talking about the terms and conditions around what it is you're providing to your clients or to consumers in your digital course. What are you providing and what are you not providing, i.e. specialist professional advice? You need to make sure you're protected in terms of managing the expectations of the participants or purchasers of your course so that they know what they're getting from you and so that they are clear on what they're not getting from you. And that's particularly important around bonuses and exclusions. You also need to be really specific when you're talking about your intellectual property in your digital course to protect the work that you have put into creating the course. Because if you're anything like me, um, either digital courses that I'm in the process of creating or clients who I support through this process, we're literally pouring blood, sweat and tears into these things, sometimes more tears than anything else. But we want to make sure that our intellectual property remains ours. So in the terms and conditions around your digital course, we'll be providing details around the license 
that you're providing to the people um, or the participants, I'll call them. So you make it really crystal clear that only the person who's actually purchased the course gets the license for use for the specific purpose, which is for doing the course. So what that means is people can't purchase and then go and give somebody else their logon and password to access the course because that's your intellectual property and they've only purchased a license for their own particular use. We also like to make it clear, even though we assume it's clear, in my line of work, you don't ever assume anything, um, we make it very clear that the intellectual property stays with you, the course creator. Another big one with most digital courses is refunds. So some people offer a seven-day refund, a 14-day money-back guarantee. Others provide lifetime money-back guarantees. Others don't provide any, and they are strictly no refund. If you don't have it set out in your digital course terms and conditions, precisely what your refund policy is, you can find yourself in a very tricky situation if somebody comes to you to ask for a refund and you haven't specifically advised them before they purchased, for example, that you have a no refund policy. So that's a big one that we need to make sure that's included. Dovetailing from that is the next big one, which is your warranties and disclaimers. So we need to make it really clear to people before they purchase what your position is if they decide that they're unhappy or dissatisfied with the course or the content, or if it didn't meet their expectations. That's a big one is not meeting their expectations. So we need to outline and provide a disclaimer that you're not responsible if they don't hit certain profit levels or certain sales levels. You're not making promises, obviously, to the participants of your course. And when we're talking about warranties and disclaimers, we set out really clearly what it is you're promising and what you're not promising. And what you're not promising is results. You're promising to provide people with an experience. You're promising to give them certain information presumably, generally, but you're not promising that if they do your course, they're going to hit that million dollar mark in their business or they're going to hit 10,000 sales in their first year or whatever the case may be. But it's really clear to outline that in your digital course warranties and disclaimers to make sure that you are protecting yourself from being embroiled in a dispute down the track. That leads me into what I always say is a very important clause in any business documents and any terms and conditions, and that is the dispute resolution clause. So we really need to make sure that we clearly outline what the process is that you have to go through in the event that a dispute arises. And let's hope it's an unlikely event that the dispute arises, but we all know that despite our best intentions, sometimes it happens. So your dispute resolution clause will outline what the process is here for the parties to go through to seek to resolve that dispute. And as you've heard me say before, if you've been listening to my other episodes, in my experience, a dispute resolution clause really is one of the most important clauses in any set of terms and conditions, because once the parties go through that process, more often than not, the issues are diffused, they're understood, and parties are able to reach a satisfactory outcome. So that's ideally what we want if ever we end up in a situation where we've got a disgruntled or an unhappy client or participant. We want to have a process that we go through with them to resolve it so that you can both move on. Now, the next really, really, really big one when we're talking about digital course terms and conditions is dealing with payment plans. Payment plans can be a fantastic way to encourage more participants into your course. It can make it really easy and it can overcome objections. And if you're really clear around your cancellation policies 
and you're really clear around what's required in terms of payment, then in my experience, you have far less hurdles to to overcome when somebody's payment bounces. So when you forget that first notification that somebody's automatic direct debit didn't go through, we need to be able to have your digital course terms and conditions there clearly outlined and ready for you to rely on. A common occurrence here is if you have a payment plan option with a no refund policy, what happens if a participant paying under a payment plan cancels halfway through? Have you made it really clear what's to happen when this occurs? Have you made it clear what the participant's liability is to you? Because ultimately, their liability will be to pay the remainder of the payments due within a fixed period of cancellation. So for example, seven days. So if somebody's opting into your course, they've chosen a payment plan, you have a no refunds policy, but they decide halfway through it's not for them and they cancel. If you want to be in a position where you can require them to pay the balance of the fees as they're supposed to, that needs to be clearly outlined in your terms and conditions. Otherwise, guess what? You don't have any legal basis to press for that payment. Similarly, you need to be really clear in your terms and conditions for your digital course, what your expectations are in relation to payment on a payment plan, due dates, installment dates, additional fees that may be charged if a, if a payment bounces or if a direct debit doesn't go through, perhaps there'll be an administration fee for having to follow that up and reinstigate that payment plan. Things like that, they're the considerations that need to be included in your digital course terms and conditions if you offer payment plans because otherwise you will find that if somebody stops paying, you don't have any legal basis to press for the outstanding payment. So it's really important. So it doesn't need to be complicated. The upshot is digital courses can be a fabulous way to grow your business, can be a fabulous way to reach new clients and genuinely help your audience by providing more accessible services. But for you and your business, you need to make sure you are protected and you need to do everything you can possibly do to minimise that risk of getting into a tricky situation with a participant. And the answer to that, my friends, is by having properly drafted digital course terms and conditions. So I hope that's been helpful to explain to you why we have digital course terms and conditions, why they're important and why they're separate to our website terms and conditions. So if any of this is resonating with you or if you have any questions that are popping up after listening to this, please feel free to reach out. That's what I'm here for. Very happy to help and as always, loving receiving your feedback. Thanks so much for joining me and I'll catch you next time. That's it for today's episode. Short and sharp, just like I promised. If you liked the episode, please be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And I would be most grateful if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. As always, remember to keep your business legals in order with my annual legal checklist. You can grab your free copy by heading over to my website, tmsolicitor.com.au forward slash checklist. I'll catch you next week. Thanks so much for listening.